Good morning, I uh, hope everyone's well, hope this uh, message finds you doing well. Um, obviously we're gathering a bit different this Sunday, um, it's a bit of a different season but I've just been reflecting on how blessed we are as a church to still be able to gather uh, in these times and I really believe that God has a unique plan for this season. I think for our church he's, he's wanting to deepen us and he's wanting to refine us so I just really encourage you don't let that um, the distraction and the confusion going on get you down because God has got a plan for you, he's got got a plan for our church. Um, he's making all things new and he's going to work this for his glory as we let him. So um, I'm just going to begin this morning by praying uh, and then we're going to get into this message for today. Uh, Lord, I thank you that you are good. I thank you for your grace. Lord, would you bless each person as they're listening to this in their homes. Holy Spirit, would you speak through me this morning uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. So today we're going to be continuing on our series, This Is Us. And so obviously if you've been following along, our church has recently gone through quite a sizable transition. We've moved from being Curate Church to now being Echo Church. And um, so this series is all about unpacking who we are as Echo. What is our vision? What are our values? Who are we as a community? Where are we going? And we're wanting to share this with everyone right from the beginning so that we can go on that journey together. And we've been in this series for a few weeks now. We started off by talking about our name, which we believe is really significant, almost like a prophetic declaration over our community, Echo. It's this idea that what God's doing in us won't stop here, but it will spill out and it will go into our workplaces, into our friendships, into our community. So we started off talking about that. The next week we shared our vision, which is to be a family, becoming wholehearted followers of Jesus together. Family, wholehearted and together. That is what we are about. And after that, we've started unpacking our values. We explain that values are so important because if a vision is where we're going, values are how we are going to get there. There. So last message, we shared our first value of love. And I'm just going to recap that. We explained that love needs to be our highest goal. That's what Paul said. He said, let love be your highest goal. We can do a whole lot of stuff as a church. We can, we can go out there and do things for Christ. But if the motivation isn't love, if we're not becoming more like love, if we don't have a loving spirit, it all counts for nothing. And none of us want that. So we shared that we need to become love. In order to become love, we need to know love on two levels. We need to know it on an intellectual level. We actually need to be able to understand biblically what is love. We explain that word agape, which is God's love for humanity. That That is like a selfless love. It's an unconditional love. It's a love that sacrifices. It's a love that is more of a choice than, a, than an emotion. And when we understand that at an intellectual level, we can kind of go, okay, that's what love is. So now I can choose it. So first we need to be able to understand it. And the next thing is we need to actually experience it on a relational soul level. It's one thing to understand what love is, but we actually need to experience it. We need to know love to be able to give love. And it says in the Bible that God is love. He is the essence of love. And so as we know him, as we relate with him, as we experience him, we can then pass that on to others. So we talked about nurturing our relationship with God, making that a priority because love flows from that. So that was our last message in the series and this week I'm going to be talking about our second value which I'm extremely excited about. Our second value is gospel and mission or in te reo rongo pai. And I think in order for us to, to really live out this value we need to have an accurate understanding of what the gospel is. What is the gospel of Jesus Christ? 
What is the mission of God? We need to have biblical answers to these questions because if we don't have biblical answers, we can't align ourselves with God's heart for his gospel and his mission. You see, I've been thinking that one of the challenges the modern day church faces is that uh, in our pursuit to win converts, we seem to be getting a lot of Christians who make decisions but then never come back or a lot of people that claim to be saved by the grace of God but then the character in their lives doesn't appear to be God honoring. We see a, a whole lot of conversion but not a whole lot of transformation and I've been wondering if part of this stems from the idea that we have a false understanding of what the gospel really is. So what is the gospel? Think about it. If someone asked you what is the gospel of Jesus Christ, how would you answer that? Would you be able to answer that? I think every Christian should be able to give a good answer for what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. I think a lot of us might answer something along these lines, that God loved humanity, that he created humanity, and he had a plan for them. But humanity turned, they wanted to live a life uh, autonomous from God, and, and with that sin entered the world, and it created this chasm and this gap. And so hum humanity's relationship with God was broken, so God sent Jesus to pay for sin so that and die so that we could put our faith in him and when we put our faith in him we can have hope in the future and be forgiven and uh, if that's your understanding of the gospel that was my initial understanding of the gospel but I want to tell you that is part of the gospel but it's not the full thing it's not the full gospel that that, that is a portion of the gospel and it's important that we understand the fullness of the gospel because you see what I just said that is essentially the plan of salvation that, that we can be saved by the grace of Jesus Christ and that is a significant part of the gospel and you need to know that that if, 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 if you can be saved and restored to God by putting your faith in Jesus but the gospel doesn't stop there the gospel actually wants to transform us here and now it wants to form us into the image of God it wants to Jesus gives us his spirit and he wants to use us as his messengers on earth to bring transformation to extend God's kingdom here on earth the gospel is all about transforming us and the world around us now extending the kingdom of God and you see when we reduce the gospel to only include the plan of salvation we start to foster a salvation culture instead of a gospel culture you know a salvation culture it looks to win converts it looks to get decisions but a gospel culture looks to see people transformed it looks to see people healed it looks to pe see people redeemed it looks to see people released and using their gifts to bless the world around to bring heaven to earth a gospel is all about redeeming the world now and doing that in partnership with God because you see God's plan from the beginning it was human was was for humanity to rule and reign with him to extend his kingdom that he started in Eden over to the rest of the world this is what it says in Genesis 1 26 to 28 this is God speaking to Adam and Eve Adam which means humanity Eve which means life the first humans and this is what he said to them this was his commission let us make human beings in our image to be like us. That's God's talking. We're created to reflect the glory of God. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. You know, the first thing that God did to humanity was he blessed them. God is a good God that wants to bless you and said, be fruitful and multiply. Have babies. Fill the earth 
and govern it, expand, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the earth. That word reign, in other words, it says like rule over, subdue the earth. God has given us the stewardship of creation to reflect his image and glory and to expand his kingdom on earth. That was the original plan for humanity to rule and reign in partnership with God. But you see, humanity turned from God. Sin entered the world. They wanted to do it on their own. And with that, they were not able to fulfill that original commandment mission. So right from the beginning, right back in Genesis, God's plan was to redeem humanity so that they could fulfill this original commission and mission that he had given them. You see, when God set apart the nation of Israel, it was never just about Israel. God's initial plan of having all humanity um, rule and reign and reflect his image, it didn't work because of sin. So he said, I'm going to choose one people group and I'm going to set them apart and I'm going to teach them how to be the people of God, how to know me, how to relate to me. And through them, I will mediate my blessing to the entire nation. You see, God was restoring that initial commission that he set back in Genesis and he was giving it again to Israel to complete that. But again, Israel had the problem of sin, so they couldn't do it. And that's when Jesus Christ comes in. He came into the world. He was the perfect representation of God. He lived the life that none of us could live. He paid for sin. He died innocently so that we could be forgiven, so we could receive his spirit, so we could be free from the bondage of sin and we could start to fulfill that initial commission that God had given Adam and Eve, that we could walk with God through relationship in the spirit and we could extend his kingdom reign and reform and transform society that is God's plan it is to restore us to this original commission you see the gospel is not about being saved and escaping to heaven one day the gospel is about being transformed now in this life and being co-missioners and co-partners with God transforming the world around I love this quote from Scott McKnight it says I would contend There is no such thing as gospeling that does not include the summons to respond in faith, repentance and baptism. So to respond in faith, putting our faith and trust in Christ, repentance, actually turning from our old life. There is no salvation if we do not turn and give our lives to God and baptism. Gospeling declares that Jesus is that rightful Lord. Gospeling summons people to turn from their idols, to worship and live under the Lord who saves. It's a wholehearted commitment to live your life for Christ. And gospeling actually puts us in the co-mediating and co-ruling tasks under our Lord Jesus. We're ambassadors, we're co-mediators, we are his people on earth, making things new, sharing his image, bringing heaven to earth. When we reduce the gospel to only personal salvation, as many are tempted to do, we wear the fabric out of the story of the Bible and we cease even needing the even needing the Bible. You know, when we reduce the gospel to just about a personal salvation, we neglect the story that God began long ago. You know, the Bible is one meta story. It is the story of how God created the world and he had a plan for humanity and now he's redeeming it. He's redeeming it from beginning to end and through Christ we get to play our part and one day that story will be complete when Christ comes back. You know, I love this verse in Jeremiah 29. 
because I believe it can help shape our imagination about what it means to have a gospel and culture and what it means to value God's mission. This is in the context of this is this is the prophet Jeremiah, the Lord speaking through him to the people of Israel who were in a foreign land who had been exiled from their land and they were in the land of Babylon. This is what it says. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says to all the captives. He has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem and the parallel here it's kind of like uh, they were God's people in a foreign pagan land. And that's kind of like a parallel as Christians. We are God's people, but we're living in a home that's not our own. And so, so there's a, a parallel here between Israel and the church. This is what God says. He says, build homes and plan to stay. Notice he doesn't say build shelters and wait for the end of the world or escape and wait for the rapture. He says, no, build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have many children. Multiply. Do not dwindle away. Do not hide under a rock and dwindle away, but multiply spiritually and physically. Extend. This is and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. That is what we should be doing in our town, in our community, in our nation, in our word. Working for the peace and prosperity of the city. Pray to the Lord for it. Intercede for it. For its welfare will determine your welfare. You know, instead of complaining about all of the stuff going on, we need to start praying and interceding for the welfare of our city because it determines our welfare. The gospel calls us to be actively change agents in the world. So that, that takes us to the question, how do we play our part in God's story? Like, How do we actually engage in it? How do we live out gospel and mission? And I'm going to share with you five words which I've actually borrowed from my mentor Joel that can help us play our part. The first word is transformation. If you're taking notes, write down transformation. You know, the starting place for us to play our part in God's story is to actually let the Spirit of God transform us. We cannot give away something we don't have. And the starting point is to actually let Christ, um, the Spirit of Christ, form Jesus in us so we can actually reflect God to the world around. And this, this comes about by actually engaging in our relationship with God, being rich in spiritual practices, cultivating a relationship reading the word, allowing the Holy Spirit to shape and transform us so that we can be on mission. The second word is incarnation. Incarnation. Incarnation carries this idea of being among, not just visiting, but being among, being immersed. You see in John 1.14, John says this, so the word, talking about Jesus, became human. Just think about that. God actually became human. The creator of the whole world became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. God became human. He didn't just say from afar who he was. He didn't just um, write something in the sky, but he immersed himself. He made it his home. He dwelt with, he became humanity. He had shared experience. He could relate to us, you know, and we need to be immersed in people's lives. We need to be immersed in our community. We need to be immersed in the, in the culture because if we're not immersed, how can we ever love? How can we ever share? How can we ever um, be involved in people's lives? You know, the gospel's not a distant thing. It's something where we immerse ourselves. You know, we talk about belonging before you believe because it's in that context of relationship it's in that that context of immersion it's in that context of knowing that that we can share the gospel and grace 
of Jesus Christ. The third word is relevance. If you're taking notes, write down that word relevance. Relevance is about meeting actual needs. This is what Luke 4.18 says, and this was a prophecy about Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is actually Jesus saying this, declaring that this is about him. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. You see, Jesus met people's needs. He fed people. He healed people. He delivered people that were in bondage. He taught people. And as a church, we need to meet actual needs. We need to be relevant. We need to go out there and serve people. When people are hungry, we need to, we need to provide them with food. We need to use what God ha- has put in our hands individually and corporately to meet needs. You know, I caught up with a lady this week um, in our church and she, she shared how she's got this almost like vision or the sense that God could be calling her to start helping people get free from debt and actually using her time to help people get free from debt and 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 just thinking about how that would impact their lives and actually change generations and man I just left there feeling so refreshed being like man that is what the gospel's all about it's about getting out there and meeting needs it was awesome talking to Caleb Smith in our church the other week who felt like God told him to go to Tarawera High even though he lives in Edgecombe driving there and just start for free using his gifts and talents to help their sports program and he's doing that he's on mission and I really believe that there's people listening today I believe God's put something on your heart that you have a unique gift that that can be outworked in the context of our church and the community to bless people and I encourage you come and talk to us because we need to bless our city you know the fourth word that we have is reshaping reshaping you know the effect of sin it affects entire cultures you probably see in workplaces they can become toxic and in classrooms and offices there can be cultures that are culturally toxic and kind of filter through uh, the entire organism and as Christians we need to be active in shaping cultures that are built on kingdom values we need to bring lightness to dark we need to bring justice we need to bring integrity we need to be true bring truth and humility and and mercy and love and all of these qualities I love what Vody Bachman says. He says, I have come to realize that culture does matter, that not all cultures are equal, that the Christian culture has produced the highest levels of freedom and prosperity and the lowest levels of corruption and oppression in the world, and that transforming culture is a laudable and worthwhile goal. God wants us to be his salt and light in the world, as transforming agents that bring his goodness, that bring his grace, that bring his truth, and that work to bring his light into all all of our spheres into all of our cultures so we need to be active in reshaping and the final word I have for you this morning is to be witnesses you know Jesus said when the Holy Spirit would come upon his church it was to be witnesses it was to be witnesses of him it was to witness of his grace it was to witness of his glory it was to witness that he is who he says he is it was to witness that he is the Lord and and we are called to be witnesses the Bible says we are his ambassadors and we witness to the world two ways we witness through our lives and we witness through our worlds we should be living lives that are set apart lives that reflect God's character lives that reflect God's nature yes we are saved by grace we're on a journey we're not perfect but we should be looking markedly different to what we did before we know Jesus but it's not enough to just live that way we actually need to share our faith we need to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to our friends and to our workmates we need to give people that opportunity to respond that is the starting place of this gospel message 
message and this gospel journey. This is what Paul says in Romans 1. He says, For I am not ashamed of the good news about Christ. I am not ashamed. I want to tell you that is the best news you could ever give someone. We talked about love last week. The most loving thing you could ever do is care enough to tell someone about the good news about Christ. I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. And I even believe prophetically boldness is going to come on our church because we shall not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes That is the only means to salvation. It is responding to the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Jew first and also the Gentile, everyone. This good news tells us how God makes us right in in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. It is through faith in Jesus Christ, not of our works. As the scripture says, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. So I've been pretty fired up this morning, obviously. I'm going to close this morning by just reading the words that go along with our value of gospel and mission. This is what we have for gospel and mission, Rongopai. We believe that God is making all things new through the power of his kingdom. He is redeeming the world. The world will be coming back to him and he's doing it now through his church. It will be complete when Christ comes back. But until it comes back, we are going to keep redeeming the world. We are called and committed to live a life of mission here and now. Our church is not about living under rocks and getting to heaven one day. We are active in the mission of God. Playing our part in God's redemptive story, playing our part, you have a part, I have a part, we have a part, we are going to play our part. We offer up our whole lives. We don't just give a portion of our life, we offer up our whole lives to Christ. And maybe that's a word for you. Maybe you have been a little half-hearted, maybe you've been a little apathetic. The gospel calls you to offer up your whole life to Christ. And vocations, even our work, everything has him at the center as a crucial part of the outworking of his mission. We want everyone to have a chance to hear the good news of Jesus and his kingdom in a way they can understand from someone they can trust and with a power that's transformational. We share the message of Jesus and that is best not coming from a pastor or a super Christian. It's best coming from you. You know, we all are called to share that message. So finally, just as I finish this morning, I want to leave us all with a few questions to reflect on. And I encourage you, maybe even write these down, ponder them, talk about them with your small groups, talk about them with your family. Actually open your heart and be like, Lord, would you, would you, would you honestly give me a reflection of where I'm at with these questions? And would you empower me to walk in them? So my first question is this, am I using the best, the best of my time, treasures and talents to play my part? in the mission of God in this world? Am I using my best? Am I offering my all? Is, 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 is my time as being on mission a priority? Are my finances and my possessions? Is, is God first in that realm? My gifts, am I using my best of my time, my treasure, and my talents to play my part of the mission of God in this world? And I tell you, there's an eternal reward for, for using your best. And we need to be a church that lives for eternity, not for the now. The second question is this, is there something that God has put on my heart 
to help extend his kingdom in our community that I could take a next step in? Is there something that God's put on your heart? Is there something stirring in you right now? Something that you could do? Maybe you've got a particular talent and you're like, man, I could do something. I just encourage you, what is your next step? It might be um, talking about it with your small group. It might be doing that first thing to get that process started. It might be coming and, and talking with Sam and I and saying, hey, I've got an idea. Is this something that would work? And, and I just encourage you, you're called and step in that because God will use that for his glory as you're faithful to play your part. And the final part is this. Am I actively praying and looking for opportunities to share my faith with others and invite them into places where they can hear the message of Jesus? You know, I, I encourage you to think about that soberly. When is the last time that I shared my faith, just authentically shared my faith or shared my story and extended an invite? Have I been doing that? Because I am called to do that and God's got grace for me to do that in my own way, sharing my own story in a way that is palatable and in a way that God has grace for. So I just encourage us to reflect on these three questions. Just want to say I miss not being uh, with you live. We love you guys. We're passionate about what's happening here at Echo. God is on the move and God, there is a move of God coming and I encourage you to offer up your whole hearts. We are wholehearted followers of Jesus and we're doing that together. So I'm going to finish by praying. I hope the Holy Spirit stirred in your hearts. I encourage you to pray with uh, your church at home group afterwards to discuss this message, to pray for our community, and let's take the gospel this week. This week, let's go out there and share the message of Jesus in word and deed. So I'm just going to finish by praying, Lord, I bless everyone watching this message this morning. Holy Spirit, would you come upon them in great measure? Would you stir in hearts? Lord, would something be birthed? even next week in this time where there's confusion in the world and there's um, depression, Lord, and anxiety around what's next, would your church be shining brightly, extending that gospel, Lord, um, on mission, knowing that it is certain that you're redeeming all things and that you are faithful. So I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.